thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my to head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad that you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. I tell you what, the Word will increase you. The Word will thrill you. We are sitting here thrilled. Amen. I mean, it's hard to stay in your seat. You know what they do on, what do they do on on a roller coaster ride? You know, at amusement park, when they get thrilled, the hands go up, everybody starts a squealing and a screaming. So if you see hands go up and the squeals going, you know the Word just thrills us. Amen. Uh, We've been teaching on the mind, and we're so grateful to know what the Word says about the mind. Amen. So uh, we've been using as our golden text 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. So turn with me, and we'll begin there. And we... uh, we, we want you, as you're watching today, release your, word, your faith with this word. Join your faith with it. Amen. Second Timothy 1, 7, Paul was writing and he says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us power, love, and a sound mind. Yes. I mean, you can rejoice. Just go through your house saying, I, thank God for my sound mind. Thank God for my sound mind. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Part of your inheritance. It is part of your inheritance. Don't leave it unclaimed or unused. Amen. Um, Now go with me if you would. From there, we're going to go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Because we're going to see the response of a sound mind. Uh, Because God gave us our sound mind, we have to know how does sound mind think. What does it allow in? What does it not allow in? What does it embrace? What does it close the door to? What does it open the door to? How does it act? How does it behave? You know, you can tell when parents are raising kids and they do something that they know they shouldn't do. You go, what were you thinking? Right? Right? (laughs) What were you thinking? You can tell by what they did they were thinking wrong. Yes. Well, uh, I don't want God when I lay down and I say, what were you thinking? Because I don't want what I'm doing wrong to show up. And so I want to correct my thinking before I do it wrong. (laughs) Amen. Amen. The word corrects our thinking. It's the thoughts of God and we're to take the thoughts of God. It's called the renewing of the mind. Uh, A sound mind is a renewed mind. A renewed mind is a sound mind, meaning you take on God's thoughts. But here we see... What is the right response of a sound mind, a renewed mind, when we're faced with opposition? James chapter 1 and verse 2, he's writing and he says, My brethren, so he's talking to Christians, right? Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. 
people start, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. Right. I like the part that says, you know, my God will supply, but what about? The... <laughs> no, we like it all, right? Yeah. My brethren, look at this, count it all joy yeah. when you fall into diverse temptations. So right there, what does a sound mind do? The moment a temptation shows up, it starts rejoicing. Instead of worrying. To start worrying is not the action of the sound mind. Some get into fear. To fear is not the response of a sound mind. To doubt is not the response of a sound mind. He's telling us that we count it joy. That's what right thinking will do. Yes. We start rejoicing. Yes. Amen. Yes. Why do we rejoice? We're not rejoicing because we're opposed. Right. We're rejoicing because in the opposition, we know the outcome. Amen. So he says in this, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse or different temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. The Amplified Classic of this verse says this, Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in. Yes. Anybody ever felt that? The enveloping. Yes. <laughs> you are enveloped in, meaning on every side. There's opposition. You're enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations, be assured and understand. Now see, when you understand something, you respond a certain way. Understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. So in other words, when you come out on the other side of this test, you're going to be fortified. Your faith is going to be enhanced. It's going to be strengthened. Why? Because something has something more has been worked. Yes. Patience has been worked in yes. you. Yes. See, it works patience in you. Now you go, well, we receive from God by faith. Well, the Bible says this, that through faith and patience, yes. we inherit the promises. Right. Patience is critical to the flow of faith. Right. And I love something I heard Sister Gloria Copeland say years ago. She said, without patience, Faith will quit. Oh, that's good. So patience puts endurance into your faith flow so that your faith will not quit before you arrive at the manifestation of full victory. We don't just want relief. We want full victory. We don't want something to just stand back. We want it to never show up again. Amen. So the, the sound mind and the, our right response is we count it all joy. Yes. Amen. Amen. We're, as I said, we're not rejoicing that we're opposed, but we're rejoicing because we know something. That's right. Not only that, we're rejoicing because it's an opportunity to stand on the word yes. and again gain the experience of faith. That's yes. Because faith never becomes robust and strong without opposition. You are not going to have strong faith because you read your Bible. That's right. Right. Amen. You're not going to have strong faith because you believe your Bible. Right. 
You're not going to have strong faith because you confessed the word. You're going to have strong faith because you had the experience of faith that wins in the face of opposition. You can have, you can have somebody who wants to build up the muscles, strengthen the muscles, you know, and so they buy a piece of equipment. The purchase of the equipment was not the strengthening of their muscle. The believing that that equipment can strengthen their muscle is not the strengthening of the muscle. And uh, saying to their spouse, honey, you know I needed this. You're not ever going to use it. Yes, I am, honey. I'm going to use it because I know that it'll strengthen my muscles. All of that didn't give you any muscles. Didn't strengthen your muscle. (laughs) Amen. It's the doing. It's the doing. It's the doing. It's the applying. It's the experience of having opposition against that muscle. Weight is the opposition against that muscle and you use it and your muscle is strengthened. Well, even so, faith can only grow and be strengthened as you use it and it's in opposition that it's used. Amen. That's when, that's when we can come out on the other side with strong faith. That's why uh, here James is saying, count it a joy. Why? Because this is the only way your faith is going to become more than it was yesterday. Amen. 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 Not only that, when you exercise your faith and you uh, arrive at the manifestation of your victory, you have given now someone else an example who needs it. Someone else that you can say, I've been there. I've been there. And I know faith in God works. I am a living example that the experience of faith works. Can I tell you what? Faith is experience. It's experience. Um, One of the greatest things you can ever long to be in this life is an example. So many people say, well, I want to be anointed or I want to be powerful or I want to have strong faith. Those things are good. They're fine. But I tell you what, if you'll say, I want to be an example. Why? Because an example is someone God can point to. And he, anybody, anybody that is in face of a need, God can say, look at that. Look at how they believed. Look at, look at how they came through. Look at how they overcame. Because in my example, others find their answer. They see their answer. I'm not their answer, but me working the word that brought me into victory is a demonstration of how it will work for them. When you go to school and maybe you're working a math problem and you go to the teacher. I remember this years ago in school, I went up to the desk of the teacher and I said, I don't understand how to, how to work this. And she said, did you look at the example at the front of the chapter? That's her first question. Did you look at the example? I go, uh-uh. <laughs> uh, I can't say I did. She said, go look at the example. Study the example. Because in the example, you see the pattern for your answer. Now, if she just gave me the answer, all I can do is work that one problem. But if I study the example now, I know the pattern. I know the steps to take. That's why one of the greatest things you can desire to be is an example. That's why it matters how you handle a test because you're either an example to someone of what to do or what not to do. 
We, we can read Old Testament people, Old Testament saints, and we read in their lives things to do, but we also read in their lives things not to do. I want to be the example of what to do. Amen. Amen. So uh, how do we, what is, as, as being an example that we want to be, uh, he's telling us what do we do in the face of test. He said, count it all joy. Count it all joy. The flow of joy will get you through tests like all of your confessing won't. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not diminishing the place of confessing. It has a place, but it will not take the place of rejoicing. You can confess the word, confess the word, confess the word, but never rejoice in your victory. And you'll not, you'll not arrive at the fullness of what God has for you. Because when he says count it all joy, he didn't say start confessing. He said count it all joy. How do you count it a joy? Well, it, it's not a joy, so you have to count it a joy. You have to look at it as a joy because of what is going to happen on the other side of this test. My faith is going to come out strong and I'm going to be an example for someone else so that they don't quit. And that could be your spouse. That could be an example for your, your children. That could be an example for fellow believers in your church. I tell you, it's critical that we be examples. Amen. So how do we count it a joy to stand on God's word? We praise and rejoice at his word. I'm rejoicing over his word. I'm not rejoicing after the test. I'm rejoicing at that I'm, I have something to stand on. I have my answer in the face of this test. Thank you, Father. You're my helper. Thank you for your word that, you, that I put in my mouth. It is my help. It is my answer in the face of this. Amen. Now, even if you're facing a test because of your wrong decisions, Still rejoice. See, sometimes people get under this guilt, Mm -hmm. this sense of I have to accept a measure of defeat because I did it wrong. Sometimes a test comes because you are advancing. Sometimes a test comes because you opened the door. Now, we want to be skillful at keeping the doors closed, but sometimes we miss it and we open the door. Can I, I want to, I want you to look at this word uh, again. James chapter one, verse two, and I'm going to read the King James. I want you to see the wording. My brethren, count it all joy. Look at these next words. When you fall, you fail. You're the one that fell. When you fall into diverse temptations, even if the temptation came because you did it wrong. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Why? Because even if you're the one that missed it and opened the door to the devil, you need power. And as you rejoice, power flows. And you need the, you need power more than ever, especially when you missed it. Why? Because that power will restore and put back and repair and make right. Amen. Now, um, years ago, several, yeah, probably about uh, seven years ago now, I uh, was faced with a certain opposition. It wasn't anything I had done wrong. It was after my husband went home to be with the Lord, there was a project I needed to complete. And there were many layers to that project. And there was much opposition that I faced. That was one of the largest um, projects of opposition that I faced. 
And uh, I remember one morning I was to go meet with the city. I was go. I had to go meet with lawyers, all these different people. And uh, the the direction this 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 project was going was a, in the negative direction as far as we were concerned. We needed it to turn. But there were all kinds of things, all kinds of people involved, and it was basically, it looked like it was set in the wrong direction. And without going into a lot of the detail, I got up the morning I was supposed to go meet with all these officials. And I just went on my back porch and I just started worshiping God. And then I started speaking to myself in Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. And I started speaking out of my spirit. And as I did, this word victory kept coming up. It kept coming up. And so I knew victory would be the outcome because I was speaking by, by speaking out of my spirit, not just out of, I wasn't just praying. I was tapping into a divine flow. And so I started recognizing, ah, victory. It's being spoken of. Today's going to end in victory. So I just started, uh, I just started thanking God. While I was there thanking God, I had the sense to just, I mean, I'm just dancing in the spirit, just dancing in the Holy Ghost, rejoicing, rejoicing. I had the sense to do that. While I was doing that, the word of the Lord came to me and he said, in the rejoicing, power flows. Now listen to that. In the rejoicing, power flows. As long as you're in rejoicing, power can flow. If you're not in rejoicing, power can't flow. It doesn't say outside of rejoicing, power flows. It says in the rejoicing, power flows. While you're rejoicing, you're releasing faith. That rejoicing is a flow of faith. It's the voice of faith. So as you're rejoicing, you're releasing your faith and power meets faith. Power meets rejoicing. You can rejoice your way out of any test. You can rejoice your way out of any opposition. You can rejoice your way out of any sickness. You can rejoice your way out of any need, out of any lack. And you say, well, Pastor Nancy, if somebody opened the door to the enemy and that's why they're being attacked, won't they have to correct something? Yes, but many times it's while you're rejoicing, you hear the correction you need to make. Not in worrying do you hear the correction. But I have found that while I'm rejoicing, Because that is a flow of faith, because I'm in the flow of faith, I can now more easily hear the correction I'm to make. Because sometimes you have to make corrections for things to turn around, right? Isn't that right? In the rejoicing power flows, the power even that gives you your answer, the power that even tells you what you need to change, that will flow. So I just started rejoicing and we went to the meeting and it looked like It went the wrong direction. We walked out of that meeting and I just said, not my problem. Not my problem. The power's working on it. The power's working on it. We had forgotten a a piece of a paper or something and I sent my staff go back down there. We left something in the room when they walked in. They had had a meeting after we left the room and they turned the whole thing in our favor. And it came out to our favor. That didn't happen because we put up a good argument. That didn't happen just because we just were mean about it because we weren't mean about it. You don't have to be mean when power's working for you. 
Amen. We stayed in the flow of walking right and being right with God. And power did what we could not do. Amen. In the rejoicing, power flows. That's why James says rejoice in the face of opposition. Why? Because power, the power of God will flow in the face of that opposition and will deliver you. Amen. How much you rejoice depends on the degree of power that will flow. Little rejoicing, little power. Much rejoicing, much power. You measure the degree of power by your rejoicing. Thank you, Father, that we're healed. Thank you, Father, that we're provided for. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Amen. Now, turn with me to Nehemiah chapter (laughs) 8. A little in-studio joke here. Nehemiah chapter 8. And those of you at home, if you don't know where Nehemiah is, go to your table of contents. <laughs> because uh, the table of contents uh, is still in your Bible. So you won't, you, won't, you won't grieve God by looking at your table of contents. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. And I'm going to read out of the Amplified Classic Translation. Uh, Nehemiah 8, verse 10, it says, Then Ezra told them, see, he's talking to the congregation of God's people, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet drink. Because see, they had been backslidden. They'd been out of fellowship with God. They'd been going against what God's plan was. And now they've heard the word and they've repented. And they're now in a state of wanting to move forward with God. So Ezra said, go your way eat the fat, drink the sweet drink, and send portions to him for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. Look at this. And be not grieved and depressed. He was talking to them over how you've missed it in past generations, how you veered from the plan of God, how you veered from God. Don't live under the the depression and the grieving of that. Right. He says, and be not grieved and depressed. Look at the next phrase. For the joy of the Lord is your strength and stronghold. He's saying this, God flows when you're joyful, not when you're depressed. God flows when you're joyful, not when you're grieved, not when you're sorrowful, not when you're you're feeling condemned. Amen. Amen. One way that joy is released. It's through rejoicing. (laughs) The joy of of God is on the inside of you. It's in you. You got to stir it up. Rejoicing is how you stir it up. You can't, it doesn't flow until it's stirred. Now, let me say this. Now we can look back and know now why James says count it all joy. Count it all joy because joy is your strength. Joy, note this, joy is the conductor of God's strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy is a conductor of God's strength. You step into rejoicing, you just stepped into the flow of God's strength. He strengthens you as you rejoice. As you rejoice, you're strengthened. The more you rejoice, the more you're strengthened. The less you rejoice, the less you're strengthened. And you need strength for the opposition. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's why we rejoice. I said, that's why we rejoice, right? Then go with me, if you would, to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. 
and we're going to start reading in verse one. Now, look what Paul says. He says, and I'm just going to read uh, the, 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 the first part of the, of the verse. He says, rejoice in the Lord. The Amplified Classic of that says, delight yourselves in the Lord and continue to rejoice that you are in him. Don't rejoice that you're in the test. You're rejoicing that you're in him. You're in something. Amen. Don't get in the test. You're already in him. The test will come, but don't get in it. Don't let it get in you. You keep it on the outside. You may feel it. You may see it come, but you don't have to let that test get inside of you. It doesn't have to get in your spirit and start, start if I could say, dismantling your faith. Amen. Paul says, delight yourselves. I love this. Delight yourselves in the Lord and continue to rejoice that you are in Him. Listen, in Him is everything. In Him is victory and you're in Him. So continue to rejoice that you are in Him. Amen. You can say, well, I'm in pain. You might be in pain, but start rejoicing that you're in him. Because in him is where you want to be when pain tries to come. And then in Philippians chapter four, verse four, just the next chapter over, Paul again writes, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He's telling you that's how easy Your victory is rejoice your way into the victory flow. Rejoice, 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 rejoice. Amen. Amen. Paul wrote this from jail. (laughs) He's telling people not in jail, you need to be rejoicing. Now that's not good when someone who's being held a prisoner is more joyful than someone who's not in prison. But he's writing to them outside of prison. Those who are outside of prison is saying, I'm telling you your answer, rejoice. Not only is he telling them their answer, he's telling us what he was doing while he was in prison. He was rejoicing. What's he rejoicing about? He's not rejoicing that he's in prison. He's rejoicing that even though he's in a dark place, that... uh, He's still in Christ. And in Christ is that victory flow. In Christ is the power of God that belongs to us. And what's in him will overcome everything that's against him. Amen. So why is rejoicing so important when James says rejoice, count it all joy? Because as you rejoice, it keeps your attention off the test. And it keeps your attention on God and the answer and the word. When your attention is on the wrong thing, the wrong thing flows. But when your attention is on God and his word and his power, then that's what's going to flow. Amen. It matters what your attention is on because that's what's going to flow in your life. Get your attention off the test. Get your words off the test. Get your conversation off the test. Get the dinner table conversation off the test. You talk about the lack of money, it'll keep it from coming in. You talk about the pain in your body, and it'll keep it, it'll keep it flowing. Well, we've been teaching out of the book, A Sound Disciplined Mind. We want you to go to DufresneMinistries.org and get your copy of it. And until we see you next time, remember, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. 
To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual ladies' conference at Wood Harvest Church in Marietta, California, October 4th through the 6th. Everyone is welcome to attend. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.